Welcome to GRE Snacks, snackable episodes about the GRE exam and graduate school admissions. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable GRE course that includes everything you need to ace your GRE exam. A full textbook, videos on key topics, tons of GRE questions backed by our memory-enhancing algorithm, a built-in study planner and essay grader, and full-length practice exams. You can try it out for free by visiting achievable.me, and if you like it, use the code PODCAST to get you 10% off at checkout. Now, let's get started. Today, we have Matteo Chang with us, and Matteo, I'd love if you could introduce yourself and your background for the listeners. Hey, what's going on? Nice to uh, be on this podcast, and thank you so much for having me here. Thank you all for listening in to Tyler's uh, uh, incredible podcast with such great reviews and ratings. Uh, I'm excited. I'm actually kind of nervous. It's been a long time since I've been on this end of an interview, sort of, so to speak. Um, um, <laughs> I'm an MBA interview coach. I, I, I help prep students for their MBA interviews. I also do uh, application consulting. So, mm-hmm. I mean, since I've been doing this, I think, oh, I'd say about 23 years now, I hit the 1,000 student helped Students helped Mark last round. So, yeah, last wow, fantastic. round. Yeah, it's been a long ride, man. It's been a long ride. But uh, here we are now. I'm on, I'm on the other end of the uh, interview thing. So it's kind of weird, but very excited to be here. <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, yeah, thanks for coming on the show. And speaking of interviews, uh, today's topic is why MBA admissions interviews are not like job interviews and what you can do to prepare, right? Um, and I mean, if you just want to take it from the top, why why are MBA admissions interviews not like job interviews? Yeah, so that's actually a great question and a great topic to, to start this off. Uh, um, there's a common misconception with the interview process where students kind of walk into an MBA admissions interview thinking it is like a professional interview. And the biggest difference is companies do professional interviews to check on what skills that you can bring in to add, add value to the company, right? Um, what they're trying to see is like, what, what cards do you have in your, in your pocket that, that would you know, mm-hmm. essentially help uh, um, the company achieve their targets, um, you know, improve, hit their marks, in whatever team you're trying to join. Whereas for an MBA admissions process, what the schools are trying to see and assess is like, is Tyler uh, a cool guy? Is he one of the people that we, that our students or the people that usually, you know, are, are like-minded like us, are we gonna like him? as well is tyler somebody for example that we want to have at a dinner party an alumnus dinner party uh later in the future (laughs) you know will i be able to open maybe even pitch a business idea and become a partner with tyler in the near future after we've graduated or even during which has happened you know time and time again you know one of the biggest uh uh food delivery services in brazil for example in sao paulo where i'm based you know that came through uh, a Stanford MBA, you know, and mm-hmm. you know halfway through the one of the co-founders ended up meeting up with uh, potential uh, business investors and and other and, and his other co-founders, and they they created this app many years ago, and now it's the dominant app 
that we have here for food delivery services. So yeah, it's mostly about do we want Tyler in our club? Mm. Yeah, and so I mean, other than you someday being a rich, successful entrepreneur, like what are what do they want in their club? Like what what's kind of what are the things that you feel like they're looking for? Um, you know, both just in general, and then also like specifically, they're asking about in the interview. Oh yeah, it's several different things that they're you know they. They want to see how successful you can be or the potential for success that you will have. So most MBA interviews, they'll check what, you know, what you've been through, your past, your pe- present, and your future goals, how they all align, and what's mm-hmm. the potential for success for that, for, that, uh, um, for that road. Some students come out from a, you know, from a different industry, like a consulting industry, and then um, they do an MBA because they want to do a career shift. And their future goal is to become a CEO of a company that has over 250,000 employees. That's not as realistic in that sense, you know. Um, so, so they want to match your goals with how likely you are to achieve them. Mm-hmm. Through that, they're also assessing your leadership capabilities. Um, if you're a person who is sociable, who is able to, you know, I, I put it in a very very basic way when I said the club, but it's it actually comes down to is Tyler very intelligent? Yeah, he's able mm-hmm. to keep up and maybe even excel in the classes. But is he also sociable? What they don't want is let's just say something like they don't want a John Nash style person who would be going into uh um you know into an MBA program and going to class and then locking him or herself uh, um, behind closed doors and just mm. not, just not, you know, just kind of detached from everything. Now they want somebody who's going to be proactive, um, taking initiative, being part of the campus life, campus activities, building relationships because MBAs are basically, I'd say in the top 20 MBAs today, the educational level, it's top notch all across the mm-hmm. board. And a lot of the schools, they share notes, they share projects and case studies amongst each other. So what really differentiates a school from the, ne- from the next school is mostly about the people you're going to hang out and meet with there, you know, becoming longtime friends. You know, you're going to have your MBA black book to access, mm-hmm. you know, not only from the students that you met that year, but all of the previous 50, 60, 80, 100 years of 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 past alumni um that you can you can kind of just basically pick up the phone and call and and relationships is the differentiator for for most of these schools Mm -hmm. yeah that's really interesting so i mean essentially it sounds like an mba is not really for an introvert right (laughs) or it's going to be tough yeah, MBAs are, I mean, if you're going into the top 20, top 25 schools, it's, it's highly competitive, um, very difficult. You do have to get a competitive GRE or GMAT score uh, to even make the first cut. So the lo- it's actually a very long process. You know, um, I'd say about, it takes about a year to really properly set yourself up and have a, have a clear profile that's attractable to the school. Uh, starting with the proficiency tests, then you get into the uh, the application phase, then you get into the essay phase with the uh, recommendation letters. And once mm-hmm. you've 
actually applied, then you wait for the interview call and then you have to get past the interview phase before they even sit down and start deliberating on on whether or not you, your candidacy is is uh, going to be approved. Right. Well, I mean, and because we're talking about interviews here, right, you know you've made it pretty far, right? So once you kind of get to this interview step, right, I mean, what are the things that you can do in the interview step to show or, you know, telegraph, right? You don't want to come out and just be like, I have leadership skills and I am sociable. But how do you, how do you like demonstrate those two things maybe in a show not tell way, right? Is my guess as to kind of what the best practice is here. Yeah, great question. It's really about storytelling, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So when you do hit the interview part portion of this process, this is where, I mean, even if you've done everything before, you know, 100% correctly, this is where a lot of students end up, you know, missing the mark and they end up mm-hmm. losing the candidacy. But a couple of things. So first of all, preparation is key. You do need to prepare. And one of the best ways to prepare is and to do your research is really speaking with more than 10 alumni of each school that you're applying to. Reach out right. to them, cold email them or LinkedIn, uh, do a cold inbox, get in contact with people in your, you know, in your professional setting to see who uh, amongst your managers have an MBA of the school that you want to apply to and see if uh, they're willing to sit down and chat with you and talk to you about, you know, what the school's culture is, what are some of the key uh, aspects or uh, key differentiators of that school for him, how that school impacted his, uh, not only his career, but his personal life and, mm-hmm. and really bring that in, you know, uh, absorb all of that information while at the same time, kind of get a sense to see if that's your style of, let's say, person, people that you like to hang around with. I mean, you're going to spend two years, right. two years with, 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 with these types of people, you know. And so if you speak to 10, 15 alumni and you have this vision of the school, let's say like Kellogg, and you, you, you think, oh, it's incredibly collaborative. This is the school I want, but you end up talking to 15 of their students or their alumni, and you don't really, you know, connect with any of them. You don't feel like, you know, these these are the people that you can hang out with. That might be a nice flag that will kind of slow you down and make you think twice about, okay, so is this a top priority for me? I mean, mm-hmm. is this a school I want to be a part of? So once that research has been done. Then it's coming down to figuring out what types of questions are normally asked during MBA interviews and how do I build a story to be able to not only explain to them my career path, my future goals, the reasons why I'm seeking an MBA, but be able to insert things where things such as details such as my fit with the school within those answers. So it's your threading, your threading in your personality within your story. And it's not uh, it's not very easy, especially for students who come out from a STEM STEM pro you know STEM degree you know like in engineering, um, where it's very black and white you know very cr- hard number crunching type people. It might be difficult for them to articulate uh, um, what they you know telling their story. But the good news is that nobody in the world knows your story better than you do, and you're going to have to be able to tell it in a manner which that not only does it does it excite and captivate 
the interviewer, um, you're going to have to be able to show your enthusiasm for why you want to be a part of that community. So those are the two key right. things. Yeah. And then um, once you've got the storytelling down, the best way you're going to do it is through practice. And, mm. and just like I noticed that you have a, a testing website. I was digging through your, you know, doing some research, achievable.me, right? And, and you have this testing uh, website that helps, you know, with mock tests and stuff. Same concept. Practice makes perfect. That really is just the key to everything. The, the way you're going to be able to tell a story is really practicing. Just like I'd say comedians are the best storytellers today that you can actually have, you know, you can take a look at. They practice their jokes and their punchlines so many times in order to make it just right. You know, the timing, the breathing, you know, just, just to really captivate and, and cause a reaction in the audience. And that's what we're looking for is making it sound very natural and not scripted. Right. So, yeah, I think that's super interesting. And what I would love, I, I don't know if you can, you know, remember something that you worked on with the student or if you just have like sort of a generic example but if you could kind of like walk us through an example of like how to answer an mba question and weave in like a leadership story into the um into the answer okay yeah i have a ton of those um so let's see what here's what i can do you you never kind of you don't want to weave in a, a, a full leadership answer into a different one, mainly because a lot of the questions are very separate from each other. So just let me go through a couple of the top five questions. Almost at, They're almost always asked in, in almost every school, uh, mm -hmm. except, except Harvard Business School. Um, it's walk me through your resume. Then soon after that, it's either future goals question or why an MBA question. Um, what, are your, what type of a leader are you? That's another question. And then they might get into strengths and weaknesses, or they might go straight into why this school. Now, that's, I'd say the two most important questions uh, are going to be walk me through your resume, because that really sets the tone of the interview. You're really, mm -hmm. you know, you're bringing the basis of the whole storyline. The plot starts there. And the second most important, or the most important, is why this school. And that's the one where you have to convince convince the interviewer that you are the right fit and that you've done your homework on the school. So just to give you an example, when a student is asked, why this school? Why do you want to be at Columbia Business School, for example? Mm -hmm. And you'll get a lot of generic answers. I mean, it's, I, I've, right. I, yeah, I've, I've gotten a lot of generic, oh, because it's in New York and I think New York is fantastic. Yeah, but how does that help your future goals, right? So instead of just talking about the location, what mm. I teach students is, okay, how is that location unique uh, for your future goals? Is it because you have direct access to, you know, venture capitals and, and, and executives who, who can possibly connect you with, with future investors or bankers? You know, if you're going into the financial sector in the future, you know, after your MBA, that then is is a great way to connect the fact that you're going to be at the epicenter of the financial world, you know, uh, in New York. Then you have sometimes students who who drop who name drop teachers, right? Professors. They might say, "Oh, I'm very interested in X professor's class." Now, 
you never want to drop a name drop a professor's name unless you have a direct connection with him or her right uh, mm -hmm. just an example for one of my students you know he actually did his college uh so in, in brazil you have a thing called tcc which is like your final paper that you get you have to write out a paper like a report very similar to like um medical research when you're in med school and he based yeah. his yeah he based his tcc on a professor's book from columbia business school so that made sense and that that's when you know you can really name drop the professor and be able to explain look i did my tcc based on his theory you know on this on this uh financial you know on this financial application and it was just incredible i would i'm eager to sit down and deep dive with him pick his brains on on you know how it's changed since when he wrote the book and that makes a lot of sense so and, and in all of that, you have to be able to convince the person that that's the school you want. And the way you do that is, you know, through many years of, of practice and, and trial and error and really understanding the feedback from both students and actual interviewers, I discovered the four C's, which is a format that I also teach, which is you start with culture. You talk about how that school's culture and you have a fit with each other. You know, why is that culture? Why is that the culture that you want? Mm -hmm. Then you get into the classes that are going to be important for your future goals. Then you talk about the clubs that are going to help you with your soft skills. Then you finish it off with contributions, the fourth C, which mm -hmm. is what you're going to bring to the table. So it's not just take, take, take. It's like, why would other students uh, uh, in your program really enjoy the fact that Tyler is here with them as well? And then... That's a little bit of soul seeking and really being able to bring. Why would people like me there? You know, it's a right. tough question. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so then you know, it it's about kind of finding the the right time to talk about yourself in a good way, but not really doing that on purpose or having an answer that's just like this is the answer where. I talk about my leadership skills all the time, right? It's it's more just like kind of, you know, demonstrating over the course of many uh many questions and answers kind of what you are about and like sort of like maybe drop like name dropping examples here or there, but like still kind of staying relevant, right? And I think one of the things you said, you know, talking about, you know, Columbia is in New York or this has this professor is that these people have done, I don't know, thousands of interviews, probably. Um, and so they've heard all this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So you've really got to kind of, you can't just like hit them with kind of a generic reason. You've got to actually like really have good personal reasons that tie to you. That's exactly right. Right on the, you, na you, you, you nailed it. It's, it's it really, you have to have the personal touch in all of your answers. Really bring, make it personal. I mean, the school, you know, you want to be able to show that you have that personal connection. So it's, it, it, and people, I mean, interviewers can see right through a lie most of the time. Most of the more, mm -hmm. more the more experienced interviewers, sometimes they'll, you know, they're either learning or they're starting off their interviewing uh, um, careers, you can say. A lot of interviewers are alumni. But they all have been through what you're going through. If you're applying and you're sitting there interviewing, they can see through any kind of 
fake uh, reasons. But when you really make it authentic uh, to your, your personal desires and your future professional goals and how that all kind of match together and why that school is going to have this such an incredible, incredible impact to your life, when you're able to convey that in a clear, concise manner during this, let's say most interviews today are, are they last 35 minutes on average, you're able to do that in 35 minutes, then yeah, that's a, that's a great impression to leave uh, on, you know, to leave on to the interviewer who can then write up a, a full report that he's going to send back to the admissions committee. Yeah. Well, great. I mean, I'd love to uh, maybe go into some specific questions, right? Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, I think that the, so, you know, you mentioned kind of the five main questions. I think like the resume one kind of, I feel like it's pretty general, like, you know, talk about at least my advice. And this is what I just tell people with the resume in general is like, talk about specific projects with specific numbers. Don't just say I ran a marketing team of four people, like actually talk about what you did. <laughs> um, and other stuff like that. Um, so maybe for me, what's more interesting is like, how do you handle that question about strengths and weaknesses? I feel like that's probably the trickiest one or the one that people are maybe the most afraid of, right? Um, and I, I don't know, like that weakness could be your GRE score. It could be like your undergraduate GPA. Like I had a 3.0 because I, I didn't really ever think I was going to grad school. So if I ever decided to try, I know that would be a challenge, right? Um, or, you know, some like a gap in your work history or whatever. Like how do you handle kind of the weaknesses question or things about like the parts of your resume that you know are not the best parts all right well okay so there's there's actually about three or four key points there in your question so let's yeah let sorry just, that was that's kind of like a multi-part question that's fine it's fine so let's go back to the first one uh which is the walk me through your resume that's actually an interesting one because here's the thing that's where i actually add the a lot of the personal touches so most students, the biggest difference, because the, the reason why I'm talking about this is because it's relative to our very first question. That's the biggest difference in a professional interview versus an MBA school interview is right there in the walk me through your resume. In a professional interview and you walk the interviewer through your resume, you're really highlighting your responsibilities, your actions, your results. That's what you're highlighting when you're telling the interviewer your story. But in an MBA at an MBA interview, what you're actually doing is you're talking about decisions that helped you make, that you took, right, to, to make the certain career moves. Like, why did you do chemical engineering? Or why did you get into consulting when you started your career interning in operations, right? Mm -hmm. These are the these are little details they are kind of curious to know is how your mind works. How do you justify these moves that you made? Because then that allows them to understand what moves you plan to make in the future. And it's a great way to really bring in the, the uh, self-awareness part of your profile too. Um, oh, during these projects, instead of talking about the project, you're talking about, you should be focusing more on about. This is one of the hardest, this was one of the hardest projects I ever took on during my career. And uh, very, you know, a huge roller coaster ride here, but one of the key takeaways is that I learned one of the weaknesses that I have in my leadership abilities. And that's great because it gives these personal little 
personal information that the interviewer is going to either consciously or subconsciously take down. And later when you actually do talk about your weaknesses in leadership, it's confirmed by the seed that you planted before in the walk me through your resume answer. And then that's a great way for the interviewer to be like, yeah, yeah, that's true. And then you can kind of get into what you're doing now to uh, 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 mitigate that and to improve. So getting into this question on how do we tackle more specific questions like strengths and weaknesses? Great. You don't need to overplay your hand on strengths. It's just kind of like, yeah, okay, so I have identified A, B, and C strengths. I've been able to use Mm -hmm. them, practice them both on campus during my undergrad, as well as in the initiatives that I've done throughout my professional career, whether it was by creating a new program that would help the interns uh, onboard onto the you know into the community of the of the bank that you're working at, uh, but you don't have to overplay that one. The one you should look out for, though, the ones that are my favorites, is when they ask you, "What are your weaknesses?" Because that's what the MBAs are looking for. If you don't have any weaknesses, then you don't need an MBA. See. MBAs, <laughs> well, really? or and also that you're you're Superman, and it's never actually been true. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, think about this. You know, MBAs are just like business schools. I mean, are just like businesses. Businesses want to make make sure that their product or service transformed your life in a way, because by doing so, what they gain from you is brand loyalty. So if a school impacts your career in a way where it's taught you or it helped you improve certain weaknesses to make you successful, then your loyalty to that school as an alumnus later, there's, it just pays dividends. That's the reason why the alumnus will pick up a phone call from, you know, from, one of, uh, from one of the newer uh, applicants and just chat away for an hour because now you're in this, let's say, you know, this club. So it's great to have weaknesses, and it's specific weaknesses uh, um, that schools want to see. That if they, you know, you you have to choose the weaknesses that the school that you know the schools can help you with, and then there are also weaknesses that you never want to talk about, which is like time management. When you get into an MBA program, it's there's a there's a thing in the first year called FOMO, where every student wants to do as much as possible. And what they do is they end up putting themselves into a corner where it's just not possible, right? Mm-hmm. Time management is a key skill to have for an MBA. So that's definitely, for example, a no-no. You never say that as a weakness. You can focus on other things like communication as a leader. Yeah. I've always been a, you know, you can be a great leader to your team and or to your subordinates, but I, I've never had, uh, um, um, you know, as much exposure to C-level executives. And I know that in my next position, when I come back after my MBA, I will be taking on a more managerial role with direct access to directors and C-level executives. And that's one of the, one of the areas uh, that I would like to improve is how do I speak to them and how do I show them that I know what I'm doing, right? Mm-hmm. That's a great weakness to have, especially if the school can help you cover that weakness. So you should also know what are the classes or clubs that can help you practice those skills and rec- really become a better communicator as a leader? So, yeah. Right. Yeah, the, I mean, weaknesses are great questions to have uh, as long as you have the right answers for those. Yeah, well, and I think it's important to not only understand your own weaknesses, but also, like, 
be thoughtful about like how the MBA experience is going to help you with them. And, you know, you don't necessarily have to spell it out for them. Like they'll fill in the blanks, but you should probably pick weaknesses that are at least a little bit relevant to the MBA program, right? Like if you're like, oh, like, you know, I've been doing biochemical engineering and I, you know, applying for an MBA program because I want to be an executive. Uh, and But the thing that I really feel like is a weakness is like the hardcore, like cutting edge science. Well, I mean, then you should go get a master's or a PhD in this, the hardcore cutting edge science, right? So it's, it's uh, you, you kind of want them to sit there and nod their head and go, okay, yeah, I mean, we can help with that. At least that's what it sounds like from what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah, it needs to make sense. I mean, it's okay to have done biochem, um, but as long as if it's relevant to your future goals, like, okay, so one of my weaknesses, I, I, I lack a business background because of my chemical engineering uh, degree. So yeah, an mm -hmm. MBA does make sense because I will be moving into strategy at a consulting firm. And I really right. need to understand business and finance and economics, you know. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. So then my last uh, sort of my last question on my list anyway um, is usually at the end of these interviews, you get a chance to ask the interviewer questions. Um, and I am curious, what are good questions to ask? Because I feel like there are probably some really generic answers out there. And I, I don't know if you want to touch on which ones you would avoid. Uh, but then also, I would be curious which which questions you feel like are good, valuable questions that'll also, you know, hopefully the interviewer will think better of you for asking them. Yeah, you know that's actually a fantastic question. I mean, that's it's it's true. Every MBA interview will end with, "Do you have any questions for me?" And this is where I see a lot of students also can kind of slip up because. If you ask them, if you ask the interviewer a question about the program in itself, it shows to the interviewer that you might not have done all the research that you should have been doing, you know. Right. And then you also can't ask a, an adcom or admissions committee officer who's interviewing you a question about career services. It's not in their scope of work. So what I did was I figured out, okay, so how do we strike up a nice conversation here? How do we make the interview we be likable to the interviewer through a question. So here we go. If your interviewer is an alumnus, the question you should ask him or her is, what do you miss the most from your MBA? The reason why I do it, I worded it this way, is because if you ask somebody, what do you like, what did you like the most from your MBA? Most interviewers' answers are going to be, ah, everything. Or everything was great. You know, the whole program was fantastic. You're going to get a generic answer. But when you narrow it down to what you miss the most, what you do is that you cause the interviewer to reminisce, to really think back about what's the thing that he thinks about, he or she thinks about when they're kind of reminiscing on the, on the MBA program. And that brings it really specific. You get really nice specific answers. Sometimes multiple answers. Oh, I miss the 3 a.m. coffee meetings at the cafeteria where we're just talking about changing the world, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, another thing happens subconsciously. So there are, there are tr emotional trigger words such as miss that actually causes the interviewer or the person telling the story uh, to, to put you in that situation subconsciously. 
Have you ever, have you ever, you know, when you sit, you're on a date with somebody, you just met, you're sitting down, you guys are both chatting, and all of a sudden, neither of you might say something like, oh, man, it's weird. I felt like I've, I know you from somewhere. I've known you before. You know, it's just this connection that we're having. Yeah, that happens usually because there was an emotional trigger question before that. And that's what, mm. what it does is this is the type of question is when the interviewer talks about his or her experiences, uh, especially when there's an emotion involved, it puts you into that scenario. And what that causes is a sense of familiarity. And it feels like it causes them to feel like they've known you or there's someone that, oh, man, you just really what a great listener. What a great person to talk to. And it's and that's the kind of sense that you want to you want to get from an interview when they walk away. I've had uh, 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 several alumni who today are actual interviewers for MBA programs, and they and they've come to me. They said, "Matt, your your uh, uh, your what do you miss the most? Question is not going to work with me." I'm like, "Yeah, it's going to work with you. It's scientific. <laughs> it's there's, there's just no way because there, there, you cannot. And you know, because some students say, you know, hey, but what if everyone's asking that question? It's going to work every time because you cannot fight." It's really hard for us to fight our subconscious. I don't even think it's possible unless, you know, you get into like very meditative states or alpha weight. It's, 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 very, it's very difficult. Now, if your interviewer is an ad, uh, admissions committee officer, uh, one of the best questions you can ask him or her is, what do you love the most about working at this school? Because mm. then... <laughs> Because then you're getting an answer from the person that's within, you know, the content that he or she can bring is within their world, their daily life. And then they can give you the advice. And people love giving advice, especially to, you know, newcomers. You know, they want to be friendly. And schools are not just there to, you know, make it hard on you. They want to get to know you. And that's why they go out of their way to interview uh, the best candidates. So by asking a question like this, you're actually getting a personal, it's a very personal question for an admissions committee officer when they, what the kind of questions that they usually get is about the school or about boarding, maybe even questions that they're not very, you know, that's not within their scope of work. But when you ask them this personal question of getting advice from them, then, then it makes it a lot easier for them to open up and be like, oh, you know, I love the people here. You know, there's oh, what what what's what's your favorite coffee, coffee cafeteria food or or coffee uh, a shop around the school, and they'll start talking about it, and that causes them to also think about and reminiscing the moments that they enjoy most, and again, causing a sense of familiarity. Do you do you feel like there's like, I, I really like that answer, and I really like those questions that you brought up. And I'm wondering if you feel like there's, uh, like, you could do the same thing asking them about, like, what was your favorite class, or, like, what do you remember most about, like, this professor that, you know, earlier in the interview you said that you actually took his class or whatever? Or is that kind of specific question a little bit too on the nose? compared to doing something that's more kind of general and, and open-ended? Specific questions are great as well. So I usually tell students, as an opener, go with the emotional trigger one, get that, out, get that one out of the way. That usually causes other follow-up questions. But 
mm-hmm. the other side too is your follow-up questions can be very specific especially if you did your research on the interviewer so a lot of times schools will say, yeah if they if they say okay you're going to be interviewed by an alumnus they'll give you the name of the alumnus you can go into linkedin and check out their profile and figure out what they've you know we have social media now right you can check out what they like what they're interested oh he likes to kayak great i love kayaking too so that's a specific question you can kind of bring in um but then you also have to have a little bit of tact too if the interviewer during the interview showed zero emotion seemed to be kind of in a hurry to kind of get through the questions because he or she might have another commitment afterwards that might not be the right question to ask because it's not something like, oh, wait, wait a minute. It might be like very kind of sense of privacy here. You know, how do you know that I like to kayak? You know, I've seen it on your socials, you know. So it's, it, it really, you have to have the observational skills as well for certain specific questions. But if you know that he's, for example, oh, the interviewer is, she is the current president of the LATAM Alumni Club. And that's one of the clubs I want to be a part of. That's a great specific question you can ask. After what do you mm-hmm. miss the most, then you get into tell me, you know, you're the president of the Latin Company. I want to be a part of this club. I'd want, I want I wanna I wanna be our best friend. Can we talk about this? Yeah, sure. What do you want to know? And then you get into what kind of initiatives, what are you guys doing? You know, how do you do we meet up every week? You know, is there a WhatsApp group? Is it cool? How have uh members of this uh, uh this club helped each other? You know, throughout the last couple of years since you've completed your MBA. And then that just, you know, opens many, many doors. So, yeah, there are, there are good specific questions and there are great ones. Great. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, so then that, that kind of concludes all the stuff that I had on my list to ask you about today. Is there anything that we didn't cover here that you want to make sure we touch on before we wrap up? Yeah. I mean, not much else. I mean, any other questions is fine. Uh, if if uh, I'm willing to, let's say, I can keep the channel open anytime uh, you have uh, questions from your listeners, you know, shoot me an email and we can, I can try to help out as much as possible. Um, anybody who's also, you know, in the MBA application process, right now we're in round two of the 2023 season but if you're if you're interested in pursuing an mba program and you want to know more yeah i do have a a a free online video course it's about 13 hours of content here where i could really dive deep into every specific type of question that can be asked during the interview and that's i'd say that's a great starting starting point to really understand what's going to be expected and what you can expect and how really how to really crush those crush those hard to uh hard and challenging questions yeah how do people find that interview course like oh. wh- like what do they google or what's your website right okay so what they can do is uh <laughs> i'm so bad at plugins uh so on youtube you can go into the mb wire i think it's there uh or just on my web- website so www.mateochang.com so m a t e o c h a n g.com slash mba prep and all, i i actually consolidated all of the videos there this year i'm actually going to um update with some new information um regarding the interview process but yeah i'd say that's a great starting point if you want to know more yeah Well, fantastic. Thank you so much.
This has been GRE Snacks, hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Mateo Chang. And Achievable has a great online GRE course that you can try for free by going to achievable.me. And if you like it, be sure to use the code podcast to get 10% off at checkout.